Hi, people. So today I want to briefly go over what I mean when I say holiness to have a podcast called Mental Health for Holiness. I think it's important to just be clear on what those definitions are. Uh, it was interesting recording this episode in that it shows how much of a recovering perfectionist I still am. Oh man, there are so many points that I want to fact check and like make sure I don't say anything that's like theologically incorrect. And then I have to tell myself, if you wait until it's perfect, you'll never do anything. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Mental Health for Holiness podcast, a podcast for women who want to find hope in their mental sufferings and improve their psychological well-being so they can love Jesus more. I'm your host, Talia Cruzzi, and I'm so grateful you're here. All right, so last episode, I gave a very brief definition of mental health, or what I mean when I am talking about mental health, and that was how much our thoughts and the truth are in alignment. That includes both objective truth and subjective truth. Today, I want to talk about holiness. There are lots of different ways to think about holiness that are out there. Um, Matthew Kelly would say that holiness is probably being the best version of self, and I think that is often a very good way to define it in lay terms, being the best version of yourself. Something I like to do, and maybe this is because this is my nerd side, but I like I like to, when I, I'm really trying to clarify an idea, which is what language is all about, is I like to Google it, and I like to see what it comes up with, simply because that is the world we live in, and I want to see if anybody would Google holiness, what would come up? And I like to use that as kind of a starting point. Like if I just had no idea what holiness meant, I'm going to go Google it. All right. So I Googled holiness. <laughs> and the first definition that comes up is the state of being holy. Okay. Well, so that's helpful. So I looked up the word holy and I get a definition that means dedicated or consecrated to God. Okay. The second definition would be uh, quote unquote, used in exclamation or surprise, such as holy smoke. Then I get inundated with a ton of Justin Bieber and Florida Georgia line videos. And I was just, I was like, if this doesn't say something about our world, I don't know what does. So there were other definitions that pointed to holiness, meaning perfection or almost perfection or morally perfect. And I was just like, this is not what holiness means. Um, so then I did what every other researching, researching Catholic on the internet does. And I Googled, what does it mean to be holy, Father Mike? And lo and behold, he has a video on what does it mean to be blessed? And he goes into what it means to be holy and into the Hebrew definition, which is what I was going for because, okay, I already knew that holy in the Hebrew sense meant to be set apart. And in fact, there's a very good chance that I first heard the definition from Father Mike. But anyway, the point being that holiness is not perfection or just an adjective in a Justin Bieber song. And while the definition of being dedicated or consecrated to God is obviously a lot more on point, it's not quite as universal perhaps as I tend to think that the idea of holiness is, it, it, it doesn't get to the root of the word. Um, 
So anyway, the Hebrew word Kadesh, which is what holy derives from, means to be set apart. And if you actually do watch the Father Mike video, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes on what does it mean to be blessed. He makes a very good point that when something is blessed or made holy, it is set apart, not just to be set apart, but it is set apart for a purpose, a higher purpose. Because we could say that, um, you know, my toothbrush is holy because it is a tool that is set apart for only brushing my teeth and my teeth only, but the act of brushing my teeth is a bit rudimentary. So, um, when something is made holy, it's, it's set apart for a higher purpose than, than something like that. So when we are talking about pursuing holiness in our lives, we want to recognize that we have been set apart. I used to, um, struggle with the idea, I guess, of being set apart because I used to only think of it in terms of comparison, that there is a chosen people and they distinguished from the unchosen people. Like the Israelites, they are chosen ones and the Gentiles are the unchosen ones. And then Jesus comes and says, no, I've come for both Jews and Gentiles alike. And suddenly I'm like, well, then there aren't any chosen ones. Like, like no one is a winner if everyone is a winner. And then I realized that my idea of holiness actually wasn't to be the best version of myself as like Matthew Kelly says, but for a very long time, my idea of holiness was just being better than the other person, better than that person. I saw it all in terms of comparison to be set apart is, 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 is just to be compared to that other person anyway. And let me tell you, it's a very, the, 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 it's a very competitive perspective on life that is exhausting. To pursue holiness is not a matter of being chosen as opposed to unchosen, but it's about fulfilling my purpose, my higher calling, fulfilling my potential and using the gifts that God has given me and realizing that the virtues are the currency of holiness. If I want to ask myself, am I growing in holiness? It would be similar to asking, am I growing in virtue? Am I growing in patience, courage, discipline, love, hope, faith? Virtue is a whole other topic because not all virtues are the same. So that's another episode. But for the sake of my point that I'm trying to make here is that I'm going to live out the virtue of courage, for example, differently than my neighbor. I'm going to live it out differently than my friend or my sister or what have you. If you think about your friendships, let's say you have a friend, Michelle, and a friend, Sarah. Your friendship with Michelle is different than your friendship with Sarah simply because of who they are. Sarah gives something different to the friendship that Michelle doesn't and vice versa, but it's not like necessarily a competition, St. Therese often talks about the different aspects of nature. I, and I love that she uses those analogies. You know, she says, we can't all be a rose. You know, we can't, you know, and then she has a quote about the cedars and the tiny flowers and how they're all made by God. And, it, and so it is with us. How am I going to live out these virtues in my own unique way, in a way that sets me apart? 
in a way that leads me to holiness, in a way that allows me to fulfill a higher purpose. So what does mental health have to do with holiness? Well, an impaired state of mental health is going to be a major roadblock in growing in holiness and in growing in virtue. I would say that a very common thread among all negative states of mental health is this inner turmoil, this lack of peace and freedom. There is this lack of the will almost, if we keep in mind that the will is part of our mind, but that's another episode too. The, the more we are bound and enslaved by bad habits, the less we are free to grow in good ones, which is exactly what virtues are actually. They are just, they're really, really good habits. Virtue, like I said, is the currency of holiness. So if you want to know if you're rich, you look at your assets and you look at your debts. Hopefully your assets are greater, be it financially or otherwise. If you want to know if someone is holy, or if you want to know how do I become more holy, you increase in virtue and you decrease in sinfulness and obstacles that hinder you growing in virtue. And because our will is our ability to choose something and that will is part of our mind, it is very important to have a good state of mental health. It is important to be aware of reality, to see things as they are, to see the truth about things, however you want to define that. And in order to do that, you need awareness. And we live in a world that offers distraction upon distraction upon distraction. We need awareness because our mental health is so largely set in our subconscious So we need to double down on awareness and rewire that subconscious in order to have good mental health. And that is why this whole podcast is called Mental Health for Holiness. Because the reason why we want to work on our mental health is so that we can grow in virtue. Not just so we can have some self Uh, fulfillment or self-actualization, which is a lot of what psychology, uh, what the secular psychology will, will tell you, but to grow in virtue, grow in happiness because virtue is honestly the only way we are going to be happy. The virtues, which I said are are good habits, um, but more concretely, we can look to the fruits and the gifts of the spirit as virtues, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord. And then you, you, you can get into the, you know, there's the supernatural virtues like faith, hope, and love. And then there's the cardinal virtues like prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. There's, um, basically there are some virtues that only, can be um, uh, attained from God's grace. And then there's virtues that you can actually acquire um, by your own merit, in a sense. In sum, you are able, with the faculties of your will, to habitually choose the good. You have the capacity for that. But if you are going to try to grow in virtue... While your mind is addicted to negative thoughts, 
It's going to be like an alcoholic who goes to the same bar after work every day saying that I'm going to go to the bar every day and just get a water. That's not going to work. If the alcoholic wants to gain freedom and not have his addiction overtake his life, he is going to have to reroute his whole way home from work. He is going to have to take a completely different route that doesn't even go past the bar. It's the same thing with our minds and our thoughts. You have to get in there and you have to first be aware of what is going on. And you might have to reroute some things because our thoughts affect our actions. Our thoughts are a product of our mind and our will, our ability to choose what we act upon is also a product of our mind. Our thoughts will affect our actions. Our mental health affects our growth and virtue. That's why it is so important for everyone to work on their mental health, regardless of if they have a mental illness or mental health issues or whatever, because it's about growing in virtue, growing in holiness, which leads to our ultimate happiness. And we can't do that if we don't work on our mental health, which will free our wills to choose the good that leads to those virtues, that leads you to make choices that allow you to be the best version of yourself, to be holy to be set apart for a higher purpose. I hope that gives you some food for thought and God bless your day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mental Health for Holiness. If you have any comments or suggestions or want access to more resources, you can go to mentalhealthforholiness.com and know that I am praying for you.